I'm the underdog with the heroic card. I'm Eric Jones Jr. I have to keep pushing for my kids. If I give up, what's that leave them with? Nothing. I have to understand that it's bigger than me. That it's not about me when I wake up and go to work. It's not about me when I'm reading and educate myself. It's not about me when I'm practicing my speeches. It's not about me. It's about my family. Hey, 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 you're now tuned in to Underdog Talk. I'm your host, Eric Jones Jr., the underdog with the heroic heart, and I have successful conversations with, I have conversations with successful underdogs, and today I have Mr. Shane Thrapp, the ADHD life coach. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. I, I love your shirt. I love the colors in your shirt, man. I, I'm I appreciate it. Um, it messes with my green screen though, and uh, my wife made it for me. And I and I told her I was like, okay, so we got we got to leave green out of it. And she goes, you know, that means we have to leave yellow and blue out of it too, right? And I'm like, all right, we'll have to work that out. <laughs> yeah, I got some I got some shoes that'll go perfect with that. Like, there's some Converse's, and they have like all the colors in them, and I can wear them with anything. So I love that shirt. So before we get into our conversation today, today's episode is brought to you by Christian Dewan. It's a clothing line, my own clothing line with my son. Uh, positive energy through your clothes. If you use the promo code Underdog Talk, you get fifteen percent off. Underdog is spelled U N D E R D A W G Talk, and Christian Dewan. Christian is spelled with a C, and Dewan is D E J U A N dot com, and you get fifteen percent off. So. You're an ADH, ADHD life coach. I'm going to mess that up a lot. <laughs> but so how did you get into that? Was it life experience? Was it, you know, something you grew to work in? How did that go for you? Oh, man. Yes, all of the above. Uh, so uh, I, I grew up in rural south, northeast Texas. Um, the, the nearest Walmart to me was like 75 miles away. If that gives you wow. any indicator how how far on the boonies I was, and I just I never fit in, you know. I grew up on a farm. We raised animals here and there. Um, my dad did chickens, and we lived down this you know dirt road way out and everything. And I just I never fit in with anybody. I you know I didn't like to do all the farming stuff. I just liked reading books. I just liked being on the computer. And for like my dad, that was really weird. And so like. You know, my dad was really, he was an alcoholic and he was abusive, you know, and stuff like that. And my mom had, you know, had us go into like an uber religious uh, church. Like I had my first exorcism when I was 11. And it was just always so weird for me. Like being in social circles was just super weird for me. I always felt like I had to mask. Like I couldn't fit in with the people unless I was putting on this mask of the expectations that I saw them putting on everybody else. Right. So, like, when I was hanging out with the Aggie guys, the, the guys that did the farming and stuff like that, I would just put on my dad's mask. Because that's what he did. He farmed. You know, when I was hanging out with the, uh, you know, the the jocks and stuff like that, I put on that sports mask of talking about football and things of that nature. When I hung out with, uh, you know, the band people or the musical people and stuff like that, I'd sit here and talk about my music and everything. And that is, like, kind of normal what social behavior is supposed to be. But for people with ADHD or who are on the autism spectrum, which I have both, the mask isn't quite right. And so 
there's just this thing that doesn't you just don't fit in people just treat you a little bit differently you're just a little bit you're a little bit too funny you're a little bit too serious you're a little bit too you know hyper about this thing or you know you 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 talk about like a singular thing too much right and so i just never fit in and i that went that followed me through life right and so like school you have the structure where you go to class a one class two class three class four class five right and that's that's the structure that people with adhd need they need that structure but then when you get out of school there's no structure even if you go to college really it's like everything is just kind of like it is up to you to do the things you need to do and that's how adhd screws you up right adhd affects the prefrontal cortex and various other parts of your brain that affect the who what when where why and how of you and the world right we don't inherently understand social niceties we don't inherently understand ourselves we don't inherently understand how to communicate with people you know we don't we don't get that when they're teaching that to us because we have to learn in different ways and i got into a raging drug habit because i didn't know how to fit in and i needed to do something to make the pain stop um i was homeless a bunch right and then um i finally i got into this relationship with this woman and it was a you know she was Ironically enough, she was black, I was white <laughs> in the South in the 90s. That was a weird thing. That was a really <laughs> weird thing, right? Um, and so, uh, but, uh, you know, it went South because I wasn't able to live up to these expectations she had for what a man was supposed to be, right? She had these typical societal expectations of a man being a provider, of being able to work and come home and stuff like that and be and be that like man of the house and stuff like that and i was a hard worker i'd work 80 to 100 hours a week because she wanted to be a mm. housewife right she wanted that white picket fence and everything like that but when you have adhd it's very hard for you to keep into a singular job right we we either get bored with jobs or we have emotional dysregulation which means our emotions go all over the crazy place and so somebody you know, like confronts us or says something stupid to us or if we have trauma and and we wind up having rejection sensitivity dysphoria we lash out at people who criticize us and we develop a really healthy sense of imposter syndrome where since we didn't ever fit in we don't think we're ever going to fit in we don't know how to find our tribes you know and so we bounce from job to job to job to job she couldn't understand that it wasn't mental health wasn't important to her it wasn't important to her mom it wasn't important to her grandma right that you know, that, that cultural disdain for what men, mental health means. Uh, inevitably, she became abusive, right? She was emotionally and manipula emotionally manipulative. Um, she isolated me. She got me into positions where I didn't have any choice but to do what I was told or else. I didn't have mm -hmm. any friends. And um, again, I was working 80 to 100 hours a week. And I was tired all the time, but she wanted me also to come home and do dishes and chores around the house and play with her and the kids. And how do yeah, I do that, man? Yeah, four what? To, yeah, four to six hours of sleep a day, right? Sometimes less because sometimes my schedule gets really weird between working for a warehouse management and then also going to Old Navy and working there. 
and work until midnight and I've got to get up at 4 a.m. so that I can be at the warehouse, right? But I've still got to drive home. So it's an hour drive. And so I'm, I'm getting two hours of sleep sometimes. And so my emotional dysregulation kicked in real hardcore and 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 we, we just got really toxic towards each other. Like, you know, wound up kicking her to the curb. Um, and uh, a few is, you know, I wound up getting homeless again. I uh, just wasn't able to keep things together once I didn't have that structure, right? Even though it was an abusive structure, it was still structure. And then I turned around and I said, um, I started, I started making a change in my life, dude. Now, mind you, I didn't know I had ADHD at the time. I didn't know all this. I just thought, always thought it was just weird. But I just decided I just stopped caring about other people's opinion of me. I stopped. I stopped giving a fuck, you know. And I and and that caused me to just kind of bounce from relationship to relationship to relationship because I didn't want to get married, right? Oh my God, no. But <laughs> the more I I started understanding that I was actually bringing in people around me who were accepting me for who I was, I started making friends. I started having people who were supporting me and helping me. I had a friend of mine drive to Maryland just to help me drive back to Texas. Holy shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I had these people around me who I could trust. And once I started having those people around me who I could trust, who were helping me hold myself accountable, who were helping me get jobs and who were helping me kind of like figure out the world, I started getting stuff better. And then I found my, my current wife. And she's a special needs teacher. And I put on my profile all these things that were really who I was. Like, yeah. legitimately who I was and what expectations I had for the girl I wanted to be with. Right? I wasn't looking for marriage. I wasn't looking for anything serious. I was looking for somebody who could meet me halfway with these issues that I've got. Right? I was fairly blunt about the issues that I had. And then grow with me. And she took a look at my profile and she thought I was cool. And we've been get, been together literally ever since. And then, um, you know, I, I've, I started leaning into what I did, right. Bouncing from job to job. I said, okay, well, cool. I'll make a career of this. And so I started learning, you know, I was always really good at managing people and processes and, and things, businesses. I could walk into a business and understand how to run it in an hour. And then I start, so I started just doing that. And I started getting into management roles and analysis roles and business uh, roles where I was leading people in project management and things like that. And so I, I leaned into it and I became a, a kind of a contracted worker who or freelancer who would go from job to job to job intentionally every three to eight months and work. Um, I, in 2016, though, I had a mental breakdown. I... I had a situation happen with my uh, my oldest kids with the the ex and just had a breakdown but i didn't listen to my body i didn't listen to my mind i kept going right i'm supposed to be the provider right that's what we're supposed to be as men right the provider the man of the house and so i kept going and i kept going and then, then in 2018 my body said you've had enough and so my body started shutting down um i developed fibromyalgia really bad which is a chronic pain disorder um it's a uh, gets worse and worse the more stress and frustration that you have and so uh it's a nerve pain so you can't take medication for it really mm. um, uh, also i'm an addict so obviously i can't take pain medication either um so uh at this point though i i discovered that i had adhd but it took me 
years to get a diagnosis because adult ADHD isn't really well known, even in psychiatry circles, right? They always think that it's bipolar disorder, or they always think that it's um, depression, or they always think that it's some sort of anxiety disorder. If you've got trauma, they automatically assume it's PTSD, which for a lot of us, it is. That's the thing. These are comorbidities. These are comorbidities that you develop because you have ADHD. And um, then my wife told me she was pregnant in 2019. We were going to have twins. I had started really discovering myself as I had learned about ADHD and who I really was. I had started going through this process of self-discovery, of learning who I was and who I wanted to be right? I wanted to be this person that I was proud of. I was proud of, not anybody else. I wanted to be this person I was proud of. I wanted to be the person that when I look back in 10 years, I was proud of the steps that I took to move forward, right? I wanted to learn from the mistakes of my past, of, of, of the mistakes I made as a parent with the abusive ex-wife, the mistakes that I made as a husband to the abusive ex-wife. And I wanted to learn from those things and build myself into the man I wanted to be. Does that mean I'm the provider? No, not really, right? I'm not, but I'm a stay-at-home dad. And I give my twins the best that I can every single day, right? Am I this macho, idealistic kind of person that we see in society that a man is supposed to be? No, I cry. You know, I show my emotions, I talk about boundaries and being honest and telling the truth and being honorable, showing gratitude. I don't play this stoic role of being strong. I own my weaknesses because that's how you show that you're strong is fighting through the fear, fighting through the pain, fighting through the things that try to hold you down so that you are at least able to keep moving forward. It may not be the same pace as this guy may not be the same pace as that girl may not be the same pace as anybody, but I started learning to accept who I was and what I could do. And I started determining what my own success was. And I wanted to start sharing that with people, right? I wanted to start teaching people how to start finding their authentic selves. And I didn't want to be a therapist, right? A therapist does amazing work, but I'm about practical solutions. That's why I created my business, creating order from chaos. I create order from chaos. I take people's chaos, chaotic lives, and I help them find the ways to structure it, find the ways to help them find positivity in their life, help them find the ways to set boundaries, how to be who they are, how to accept who they are, how to get the people around them to accept who they are, who they are, or get out of their lives, right? That's what I teach people, how to be who they are and how to take that chaff that's around them that's no longer a part of their life or needs to be a part of their life, how to get rid of it, whether that's the, the limiting beliefs, right? I want you to have a spirit of abundance. If it's the shame or the, the feeling that it's I'm not good enough, I want you to have this attitude of gratitude. Right? I want you to be thankful for the things that you do have, but always go forward getting the things that you want. You know, and that's hard for people with ADHD, 
right? That's hard for people with ADHD because we're, we're told so many negative things about who we are. You're not living up to your potential. You're not doing with the things like this person's doing. You're not doing these things that you should be doing. Why, you know, you're doing amazing at math, but why can't you do reading well, right? You're doing amazing at science. Why can't you do math well, right? Why are you always have your face in a book? You know, why are you always talking about these random things that nobody cares about? Right. We hear these words as we're growing up and the people around us who criticize us, our parents, our teachers, our friends, friends. Right. We're just trying to have our lives and live and be happy with what we love. Right. So what if we like, you know, uh, these, you know, different types of hitman videos that, you know, or video games where, you know, we're doing this thing and we like can sit here and name every single storyline and character in that thing. Right. Like, what does that matter? Right. That's the thing we enjoy. You know, so what if we love football so much that we can sit here and name every football team that's happened since the 40s and 20s? That's what we love. You know, we don't have these broad interests all the time. We bounce from interest to interest to interest. But when we do have that interest, we're very into that thing until we get bored and we move on. That applies to jobs. That applies to people. That applies to girlfriends, boyfriends. You know, sometimes that happens. That's how the ADHD brain works. We're not broken or anything, right? We're not damaged or disabled or anything along those lines. Aspects are disabling, right? There's aspects of ADHD that are really difficult to process and deal with, but we aren't damaged per se. It's how our brains are structured. It's how we are structured. And that's what I try to educate people about. And that's how I got into ADHD life coaching. Sorry. Uh, I uh, I love your story, man. Like, I love how you're transparent and vulnerable about it because ADHD sometimes is overlooked. Being a teacher and working with kids with that or working with autistic kids, like when you said that, like I know exactly what kids go through, like how they have to be on routine, how things are supposed to go. If it's loud music somewhere, they might not be able to deal with it. So that resonated with me because I was a teacher and I mean, I am a teacher, but I dealt with those specific kids and it's rough for them because they can't really, especially younger ones. I'm, I deal with younger kids. They can't express themselves. And it's like, you think, Oh, they got bad behavior. No, they're, they're really upset, but they can't tell you that they're upset. So they got to do something to get your attention and you can't understand. And so I, I, I love your story. Uh, of you sharing, man. Um, so as an adult, when, what are some signs, what are some things that people, um, might have that they don't even know that deals with ADHD? Because I'm sure there's a lot of us that overlook that. Like you said, they say, Oh, you're bipolar. Oh, you're this, Oh, you're that. And it's something totally different. So what are some steps that you like personally, like saw throughout yourself that it was like something's, I don't know, it's something really, really off as an adult, not as a kid, but as an adult, because I, I think you're going to be able to help not just the audience, but me as well. So here's, a, here's my thing, right? I have both ADHD and high-functioning autism. Mm-hmm. So I love order, right? I love routine. I love having clean spaces where everything goes where it's supposed to go. I, my brain, love that. However, the ADHD side of my brain says, 
fuck all that shit. You're not going to remember where anything is at because we are going to put it in the most random places we possibly can and you're going to forget about it. Right? So a lot of people with ADHD lose things. And I don't mean like I lost my keys for, you know, an hour. I mean, I lost my keys because I put them in the refrigerator. Mm. Our short-term memory doesn't work as well, right? So the ad- the the ADHD brain is really weird. So the executive functions of our brain, the memory, the emotions, all of that is affected by ADHD. We see people with ADHD having emotional outbursts for things that seem fairly minor, right? Um, there's a thing called rejection sensitivity dysphoria. Somebody kind of criticizes us and then, you know, or they say something to us and it triggers an emotion with us. And that emotion may be based on a trauma thing. Because as I said earlier, our time thing is weird too. We have time blindness. You know, for neurotypical people, time is kind of a linear thing. For us, time is kind of a wibbly-wobbly, timely-wimey thing, right? It's kind of all over the place. Like we can remember... 15 years ago, what we had for, you know, lunch for, you know, when we were in high school, but we may not know where the tape was that we just put on our desk an hour and a half ago. So somebody says something to us and it triggers a memory in our past and it may be based on trauma. So then it goes to our emotional center and our emotional center says, how am I supposed to feel about this thing? Well, that says, okay, that's a really horrifying thing that you went through. You should feel this way about it. And it tells our amygdala to react. And our amygdala says, fight, flight, fright, fear, or fix. And with men, it's fear and fix, or fight and fix. We react. Sometimes we lash out at the people around us, even though it's a minor thing that they did, right? A girl rejects us because of whatever reason, even if it's a valid reason, but because we've been rejected so many times in the past by people we thought we were really doing a good job uh, connecting with, that frustration and rage and things like that build up. And we, then we start smashing them. We start talking so much shit about them. We sit here and talk about them being whores and all this other stuff. Even if they were actually being really kind about it. Like, even if they were just being really serious, like, hey, you, you're a really good guy, but it's not a good fit for me because you want different things in your life. For us, we're like, we want whatever you want because we want you, right? We're really into you, who you are, what do you want? And so then... You know, we have this tendency to love bomb people, give them the gifts, be the guy or girl that they want us to be. And that comes off really shitty. So here's some things that we do, right? We we accidentally gaslight our people around us because they will tell us, hey, you, you, know, you said you were going to do this thing on this date. No, I didn't. Because we don't remember it. Right? And so we burn bridges with people that we didn't mean to because we did something. We sit here and say something like that. And they're like, Oh no, you really did. And we're like, no, I didn't. And we get angry and then they get angry and we don't have the emotional stability to sit here and go back. Did I, did I say I was going to do that? Because of the way our memories work. Is that an excuse for bad behavior? Fuck no, no, it's not. You know, we have to own the mistakes that we make. But it does happen. How do we fix that kind of stuff, right? Psychiatry, you know, going to the doctor, getting diagnosed, getting into therapy, talking about the traumas and stuff like that you've dealt with, 
right? That's what that's what I had to do. My biggest issue was being consistent, right? Again, remember, I, I couldn't keep a job or anything like that because I would get bored. You get bored easily to with anything, right? I may spend six months playing Call of Duty and then never touch it again. Never. I may spend, you know, a year trying to learn how to play music and then never touch it again. I may spend two years with a girl that I really liked a lot and then never want to talk to her again. I may have a job that makes $75,000 a year doing what I really enjoy doing and then start self-sabotaging myself to where I'm not able, I'm, I'm, I'm so bored with it and I'm not getting the stuff that I want to do in it. So I start talking shit to bosses or I start missing work because I just can't stand the idea of going into work so that they'll fire me so I can get unemployment. You know? Can't get unemployment if they uh, if you quit. Me. Yeah. So, <clears throat> right. You know, we we bounce from things to things. Now, here's the thing. That's a, that's that's a common thing, but also there's other aspects of it. There's inattentive ADHD where that's more of the along the sides of that we forget things. Right? We we scheduling appointments. We schedule a doctor's appointment. We even have it on our calendar, but we forget to look at our calendar. So we don't remember that we have that appointment. Now we're getting charged $97 because we missed the appointment. Mm. We lose all of the things all of the time. Like I said earlier, our houses look really disorganized, messy, you know, and when you ask us, why don't you clean up? We're like, I don't feel like it. I'm so fucking tired. I don't have the spoons to. Or I didn't see that thing there. Right? I've walked past I've walked past a pile of clothes. I cannot tell you how many times that's just sitting there on the bed. And my wife goes, Hey, can you can you fold the laundry? And I look and it's there. And I could not have told you if I saw it before. We have a thing called out of sight, out of mind. That's literal mm -hmm. for us. If we do not see it, like actively look and see the thing, we don't even think about it. That applies to people, right? If you don't message me or, or call me or, or hit me up every now and then, you don't exist in my life. But then when you do call me or message me or something along those lines, it's like we never split. It's like I talked to you yesterday because you've triggered the memory of the last time we talked when you messaged me. Or called me. Um, anything can distract us. We can be sitting here having a conversation like I am right now. And then a flash on my screen makes me look over. I don't know why. Right? Kids screaming in the background. Or, or things of that nature. Really, really tiny noises that are really insistent and annoying. Will drive us up a wall. Um, paying bills. I mean, we forget everything. It's just a part of what we do. So that's kind of the things that you see whenever you're talking about adult ADHD. Just forgetfulness or really, really hardcore into things or 
not being as consistently social as we should be. And when you front us on it, we're like, we talked like last week. No, dude, it's been six months. Oh, <clears throat> my bad. You know? Yeah. For us, it was last week. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I, this is very informative of the different things that you're saying and just noticing. I don't know if I'm there. I thought maybe just talking to you before I might have been, but I don't think I'm there uh, to that point. But some people are. Some people that are listening to this or some people that are going to hear this have ADHD and they don't really know it. And from the things that you said, uh, it's very important. It's very, um, people need to be aware of it because sometimes we don't know uh, how to deal with things. Like you said earlier about mental health, people don't pay attention to your mental health and that this is a part of mental health. If you don't make sure that you got your mental health in order, you're not going to make it far in life because something can happen and it'll take you out just because you don't know how to deal with it. So if you're feeling a certain way, if these things that Shane is talking about, if it's resonating with you, get you some help. Like, don't be, you know, afraid. Don't be like, oh, I don't I don't know. Get you some help because it, it, it'll help you in the long run rather than you trying to deal with it on your own or taking some type of medication or drinking or whatever the case may be to think you're going to fix it. Um, I didn't think, I didn't know where the conversation, cause you got a lot of energy. I didn't know, but this has been a, a, a different kind of, it's been informative. It's not really where I understand. I don't need to talk cause you're giving out great information. That's very helpful to people. And it's something that people need to be aware of. I don't think a lot of people are aware of it as an adult. Like as kids, you notice it, and but as an adult, you don't really notice it. So um, you gave a lot of information, and I love it. Like you, like you were like, "Oh yeah, I only got a five minute story." Yeah, it was a little more than five, but it was informative. <laughs> and then the way you answered that last question. So, um, what are three tips that people that have those three three to four different things that you just were talking about what are like three tips that they can do to help themselves? um find a psychiatrist who understands adhd and go talk to them and say i want to be tested for adhd if they ask you about symptoms and things like that talk to them about what it is but be adamant that you want to be tested for adhd Worst case scenario is you don't have ADHD. Maybe you have autism, right? They'll be mm. able to figure that out. Maybe it is a comorbidity or maybe it is like bipolar de uh, disorder or depression or something along those lines, but know what these mental health issues are. And then the next thing is to learn about that as much as possible. Not just like what it means, but what it means to you. And then tell the people around you what it means to you. And they need to learn it with you. Your spouses need to learn it. Your kids need to learn it. Because here's the thing with ADHD and autism. It's very often generational, right? It's genetic. You've got a 25% chance of having, if you have ADHD as a, a parent of one of your kids having ADHD. The more you understand how your ADHD affects you, the more of a better parent you can be for them. Right? Same thing for autism, you know? 
get into therapy, get help with therapy. Cognitive behavioral therapists are the best ones for ADHD and autism. They really help and they'll be able to get you into the other therapies that you need based on what you're going through. These are really important, right? You have to advocate for yourself as far as these are concerned, especially if you have ADHD because it's not very well understood. You know, and finally, you need to just accept who you are. Okay, so what? You have ADHD. That's cool. Like, right? It's the way you think. It's that's just who you are. It's the same as green eyes, right? It's a thing that you deal with. Cool. It's the same thing as if you have, wear glasses or if you've got a bum arm or a bum leg. You find the tools that you need to to manage it and to process it and live with it, and then you move forward. And that's what you have to do, even if it's small steps. Even if it's small steps, even if it's you rolling along in a wheelchair, move forward, right? I've got one of my best friends. He's He's got ADHD and just found out he may have autism. You know, he's also got um, different issues with neurological disorders where he has to walk around or use a wheelchair to get around, right? We still have to live our lives and it's much better to live our lives happily, right? Recognizing that we have difficulties, but also trying to work and try to be going through life and not just dealing with life. I, I I love those I love those tips. I love to accept who you are. Like <clears throat> for me, having a disability and looking different than everybody else. And it's like my mom told me, she's like, your arms ain't gonna get no longer. You gotta accept who you are. And once I did that, I was able to be the person that I am today, confident, like be able to live my life. Because sometimes, you know, things happen. You're born a different way or whatever. Everybody has some type of flaw. You just got to accept who you are. So before um, before you tell people how they can reach you and um, those things, I need a quote. I don't know if you got a quote of your own, if you live by a quote, uh, if you saw one today or this week, but I need a quote. I always ask my guests to give me a quote. It's okay to live a life that others don't understand. I love it. It's okay to live a life that others don't understand. I love that. Um, before you tell people um, <clears throat> how they can reach you, I just want to say thank you. Uh, this was very informative. This was eye-opening. This was very helpful. This is something I'm going to share with everybody, like just to share my phone, because somebody, it might not be somebody I share it with, but they might know somebody, because this is something... Like mental health isn't just one area. It's all different kinds of areas that can tear you down if you don't get the proper help. And you gave a lot of information that is like, okay, maybe I do. Maybe I'm not cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Maybe <laughs> something is actually wrong. But sometimes people think something like just because you think different or just, just, just for example, a kid with autism, like they're smart. They're smart as hell, but they can't have a conversation with you. So it's like you can't like come down on him because he can't express himself. You got to get to his level and be able to have him be able to express how he feels because you're like, oh, he can do his work, but he can't sit down and do this because he can't. It's not his fault. He can't sit down. Or when I got a, a student, he goes to music. He always getting in trouble. He's not. Y'all shouldn't get him. Get him some headphones and see if that helps. You know what I'm saying? But they don't know that he's autistic. I know because I work with kids, but it's like. 
you just like I love what you do, man. I love that, you know, I'm sure you didn't love all the process that you had to go through to get here, but we all got to go through bullshit to get to, you know, a good place. And I love you didn't give up. And I love you. You, you accept, like, I love when you were running down what you accept, you accept it to your stay at home dad. You know what? Stay at home dad's cool as shit. I was a stay at home dad for the first six months of my son's life. That's why we're connected. Like we are. Cause we hung out every day, all day. Like I remember playing the game with him. I'm like, hey man, you're gonna have to hold this bottle. You <laughs> I know you only <laughs> like two months, but we're gonna have to figure something out. But I appreciate everything you do. Um, I love it, man. I love like this is really especially for being a teacher and knowing kids that have this, but now knowing like there can be an adult that has this and they don't really know it. Because especially in our community, my community, black community, like ADHD, oh, just give him some medicine and he just need to sit down somewhere. No, it's, it's bigger than that. Just from listening to your story and listening to the different things that you said, like it's bigger than just giving them medicine and telling them to sit down. So again, I appreciate you. I appreciate what you do, man. Um, I'm definitely going to share this out. Like this definitely was uh, informative. The other episode I did was with a comedian, so that was funny, but this one was a little different, and I was like, I love it. So, tell people how they can reach you, um, you know, because I'm sure some people might gonna need some help. <laughs> so, um, my business is Creating Order from Chaos. I am on Facebook at Creating Order from Chaos Coaching. You can find my website at www.creatingorderfromchaos.com. You can find me on um essentially everything. Um, I also run one of the men's, one of the largest men's ADHD support groups on Facebook. Just look in, look up men's ADHD support group. And, um, you know, I'm all over the place. Whenever you look up creating order from chaos, that's what I do. I love it. I love it. I was sitting here, I was writing down some things. I'm like, I'm just going to call it creating order from chaos. Cause I always try, excuse me, to, um, make the title something like people want to see or once they see it, they're like, oh, let me check this out. So I definitely love that. Um, you can reach me on any pod, I mean, on any platform, Underdog Talk Podcast, Underdog Talk Podcast at Gmail. If you got good, bad, if you want to be a guest, if you love the a guest, if you don't remember their information, whatever, that's how you can reach me. Um, again, I appreciate you. Do you got any closing words? No, just ADHD is about everything it's not just taking medication like you said it's therapy and it's also just about having support family support friend support that's the biggest part is creating that positive environment and just keep that in mind don't just medicate your kids or yourself get yourself the therapy and support that you need and on that note peace one love <laughs>